0: Welcome to episode 85 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. As of December 21st, 2022, the Toronto Maple Leafs are back on track. Let's go. They had a little bit of a stumble going through a two game losing streak and people started to panic a little bit, but they followed Mm -hmm. that up with a dominant 4-1 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. We have a lot to get into in this episode. We are going to give you our thoughts and opinions on what's gone down with this hockey team over the last week or so. Like I said, the two-game losing streak, the big win over Tampa, the Dennis Mulgan dryden hunt trade. There's a lot to get into here. And we are also going to discuss the reports that the nhl is looking at expanding to an 84 game season and then we are also going to give our thoughts on which team in canada has been the most disappointing team in the nhl this season so i promise Uh you want to stay tuned until the very end but before we get into all that it is time to officially welcome in my partner in crime mr michael lapore how you doing man
1: Anthony Bruno, the last show before Christmas. So I'm in a great mood. Don't we all just love it? Shoveling the driveway and the cold and all that fun stuff. Cramped up malls, people bumping into you. Christmas is the best. It's the best, but no reason not to have a smile on your face. Episode 85 of the Glutton Punishment podcast. Shout out goes to, I'd say maybe the hardest, in the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs, the player with the hardest name to pronounce. Samon Duargu Chinsev who got called up to the Leafs this year. Russian center, uh, spent some time with the Peterborough Beats, and now he's doing well with the Marlies. Not the biggest guy in the world, but he's got a little uh, little jump to him, so I like it. Hopefully, we'll see him with the Leafs sometime soon. But yeah, episode 85, same on. They argue, of the only player in the history of the Leafs to rock the number 85.
0: Laporte, I love how you weren't afraid to pronounce his name. Just call him SDA. Everyone oh, okay. just calls we got him that.
1: SDA, because I think they're just terrified
0: okay. of saying his name.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. That's one of those ones you like, I remember when I saw him getting a uh, called up, it was like, that's one of those ones the broadcaster sees and they're just like, fuck, oh, <laughs> God, how, how do I do this one? Like even on a quick play, it's so long of a name, like Jargo Like it just, you, you got to figure something out. Right. But
0: Oh, some horrible. of the best broadcasters in the world do this. There's a, a football player on the Denver Broncos tight end Albert. O. his last name. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it, but even Joe Buck, on Mm. the broadcast earlier this season was terrified to say his name. So he just said Alberto. This is Joe Buck we're talking about. So yeah, even the best of the best do it, Lepore.
1: I think, like, we're going down a separate path now, but I think being a play-by-play guy is such, like, an underrated, difficult thing to do. Like, I don't think people understand how difficult it is, like how fast and how good these guys are. I saw this story once on the guys preparing for NCAA March Madness and like they don't know any of the players so like the homework they have to do and they have to make plays quick is like crazy 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 like i know myself like i'd be scared shitless to do it like there's a lot of pressure you're on the spot you're live so there's, there's no margin for error and yeah man like i those guys don't get the respect they deserve in my opinion
0: oh lapore it's so tough man i've done play by play i was going to i
1: was, I was going to ask you if you've ever done it
0: yeah i used to do it for rogers tv like 10 years ago when i first started in the industry Okay. And they used to throw me into the fire, man. I used to do play-by-play for hockey, basketball, football, soccer. A lot of the times, I would get the team list literally like 15 minutes before the game. Awesome. And I remember one time, actually, now we're just we're going off on a tangent here. But I did play-by-play for a soccer game. One of the teams was wearing pennies. I couldn't even see... Their jersey. So I didn't know who the hell was who. <laughs> so they, they just, man, they throw you into the fire doing play by play. That's the, for, uh, that's, the TV. that's the big league.
1: That's the eh, big league, Zay Bruno. You got tossed into there. <laughs> it's
0: pennies. just, it's wild, man. I had no idea who was who. The pennies are obviously blocking their jersey numbers. It was a, it was a shit show. But honestly, I, I think it, I handled it pretty well. But yeah, man, you said it. It's, it's a different beast, man. I don't think people realize how tough it is to do play-by-play
1: yeah i was talking to one guy who runs like the local stuff here in ottawa and he was saying he gets all these kids come in and this is what makes it even harder it's hard to get practice because these kids come in and they're like oh i want to do play-by-play and he's sitting there he's like well i'm not going to give you the senators obviously and then even one step down he's like we do the 67s game that's still ohl like you still have to be really good to, to, be, to be oh doing yeah and like what hockey. i used to do
0: i i started doing high school games yeah some college and university games that it's tough they don't just say hey here you go you're doing the leaf game tonight like that's yeah. and how, how do you that get, works
1: and how do you get noticed too right like i mean you know guys like you send in reels stuff like that you hustle but if you're just doing high school stuff and occasional like um like university things it's tough it's t- tough, t- man. tough it's industry like man. Grind. that's why you do a podcast
0: exactly exactly that's why we chose the podcasting exactly play-by-play play is a different beast man I'm telling you it's it's really really tough but shout out to all the guys out there all the men and women who d- who do play-by-play play because I know how difficult it is and it's a grind and you know you gotta you gotta just keep working at your craft but anyway Lapore, let's get right into this podcast after we went off on a crazy tangent there as I mentioned off the top the Leafs had a little two game losing streak. It was the first time this season that they'd lost back to back games in regulation, falling three, one to the New York Rangers. And then an ugly five, two loss to the Washington capitals, both games on the road. You knew they were going to come back down to earth a little bit after they were the hottest team in the NHL for like three weeks. But it was, it's still, you know, it was sad, man. Martyr's point streak came Aww. to an end, his 23-game point streak. Michael Bunting was riding a 10-game point streak, which kind of was flying under the radar. That came to an end. So what are your thoughts on some of the things we saw during that little two-game losing streak?
1: Uh, yeah, like you said, um, we all kind of knew the streak was going to end. I mean, all good things come to an end, but it kind of fell flat on its face. My take from the game against the Rangers was it was a super low event game and the Rangers were hot coming in. Shesterkin's been back to his old self playing really well. And you could tell right from the get-go that the Rangers were just trying to slow, slow, slow the game down. And it was a two to one loss. Correct. That's that's how it, it ended, ended. Three, one, Th- three, Jimmy one
0: VC scored two. All goals. It right. was an empty
1: netter. Of so course. It was essentially yeah.
0: a two, one game.
1: Yeah. So you could tell that was a plan for the Rangers all along. And the Leafs had chances. Marner had a few chances and it would have extended his point streak, but just kind of one of those games you're on the road MSG against the hot team. Like I said, low event game. They played pretty well. They just lost. I mean, that's sports. As far as the Capitals game goes to me, that was just such a game where the Leafs have been playing very well. And when I say that I'm referring to results, the Leafs have been getting all the results. So To get results, you need luck. You need bounces. You need some things to happen on a streak that aren't typical of the history of hockey, whether it's goaltending or a 20-whatever-game point streak, something like that. And what happened in the Capitals game, or what I noticed anyway, is that everything came falling on its face in one game. Like, it did its best to adjust. You mentioned already it was the first time all season that the Leafs had lost back-to-back games in reg. As much as I love my Leafs, they weren't going to go the entire season without losing two games in a row in regulation, right? Then there was the Samsonov factor. He went into that game, I think, with like a 9-3-9 save percentage. Again, Yeah, he
0: had the best save percentage in the NHL.
1: Yeah, so Samsonov is not the best goalie in the history of the game, and he's rocking like a 9-4 save percentage. So that was going to adjust. He wasn't good. I saw a set about JT. It was like 18 games in a row. He was more than fifty percent in the face-off circle, just dominating, and he was brutal in that game. I think he was like twenty or twenty-five percent, so everything just kind of came collapsing down at once. And the score looks bad, but I mean that's what happens sometimes. They kept Ovi off the board. Way to go, boys! I loved it, Lo- loved it. I was gonna, I was gonna bet my house that Ovi was gonna tie and uh, surpass Gordy Howe in that game, but very happy we were able to uh, keep him off the score sheet. So. As far as, like, the question of, like, okay, was I nervous or, like, how I felt about it? Not at all. Not at all. Because the Rangers game, to me, was a game where they could have went either way. Again, on the road against the hot team, hot goalie. They played pretty well. And the Capitals game, the Capitals game, like I said, to me, was just a big adjustment game. And that's going to happen to good teams here and there. We're seeing it around the league. Like the, de- like, the Devils over a span losing six in a row. It's like their record is more reasonable now. Uh, but I will say, I mean, the Tampa game was big. We, we really wanted a result from the Tampa game after those two losses. So to get the W in that one relax the, the, the slight amount of nervousness that was there, because let's face it, even if it's a loss to the Rangers on the road, a loss to the caps in everything with everything adjusting and just a, whatever loss to Tampa, a three game losing streak is now a three game losing streak. And you don't want to go into the Christmas break cold, right? So Whatever little nerves were there erased were by the Tampa win. But all in all, as far as the two losses go, like nah, nah. I guess that's the way to put it.
0: Yeah, when you go twelve zero and three in a fifteen game stretch, a fifteen game point streak, you know that it's going to adjust at some point, and that's exactly what happened. The Leafs went twelve zero and three from November twelfth to December thirteenth before losing that first game to the Rangers, followed by. The 5-2 loss to the Capitals. The Rangers lost. It's like you said, I wasn't really too worried about it because I didn't even think the Leafs played that poorly. Like, I thought they actually played a solid game against mm. the Rangers and just, you know, came out on the losing end. Shosturkin was fantastic. It's hilarious that they got burned by Jimmy Vesey, yeah. former Leaf Jimmy VC, who did absolutely nothing in his short stint with Toronto, even though he got chances to play with all our best players. And then the following game, Laporte, the Leafs get burned by oh Eric Gustafsson.
1: Oh my God. Who became God.
0: the fifth, just the fifth Swedish defenseman in NHL history to record a hat trick.
1: Really? That's kind of shocking.
0: Nick Lidstrom, Boreas Salming, Hampus Lindholm, Eric Carlson, and Eric Gustafsson. Against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. But like you said, they held Ovechkin off the board. That was nice to see because Ovechkin has absolutely terrorized the Leafs. I remember looking at the stats before the game. 41 goals in 54 career games against Toronto. So that was that was cool to see. But, man, Ilya Samsonov, I, th- I thought that was the big story of that game. Revenge game against his former yeah. team. You know, didn't give him a qualifying offer. He was a first-round pick by the Washington Capitals. And they basically said, screw this guy. We're moving on, even though he's only 25 years old. So that was, that's a, that's gotta be a big shot to the ego, man. First round pick. You think you're the goalie of the future for the Washington Capitals. Alex Ovechkin, one of the greatest players of all time is on your team. Like, you know, they have a ton of great players. John Carlson, Nick Baxter, who's out right now, but you think I'm going to be the goalie of the future for this team. And then they let you go. You sign with Toronto on a one-year prove-it deal, and you get your big moment in a revenge spot against Washington, and he had his worst game of the season. So that was tough to see. Like He was letting in some brutal goals against the Capitals. But like you said, Laporte, the guy had a 939 save percentage. He had the best save percentage in the NHL. That had to adjust at some point. It was just unfortunate to see it happen in that spot against his former team, in a game that you know he wanted to win so, so bad.
1: Yeah, he did. He did say after the game that it got to him, that it was just a lot for him to be in that building playing against his former team. And he's a young goalie, but but I didn't like hearing it. Like the last thing I want to hear from a Toronto Maple Leafs goalie is that like, Oh, something got to me and I was rattled. It's like, what? Just trust me. a, a A lot more is going to be coming your way when games get more important in terms of mental obstacles. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean, it's, like, the whole thing... It, to me, it's about, like, what can you complain about? Like, all those things I listed, all the things you listed, at the end of the day, they're they're all going to adjust, and they're all going to come back to reality. So, a goalie playing poorly... If your goalies are consistently playing poorly, yeah, you can complain. If they play poor, one poor game every three weeks, well, that's hockey. But the Gustafson thing was fucking hilarious. I was actually at a party, a Christmas party, and... I politely asked to put the uh, Maple Leafs game on the uh, the TV in the family room. And uh, my wish was granted, but with no audio. Okay. So I'm like semi being a dick because like I'm, my, my eyes are on the Leafs game the entire oh, night. Oh, I've been there, extreme. Lepore, trust oh, me. I like, have been
0: uh, there plenty of times.
1: Yeah. Oh, all, all the girlfriends, wives, and I will say boyfriends of female Leafs fans just giving their uh, – they're going to make another shit for checking their phone every three seconds during a leaf game. But so they put the game on. There was no audio. So there's little things I'm getting distracted by. But I had the, the alerts on my phone as well. And it kept saying Gustafson, Gustafson, <laughs> Gustafson. And a lot of these apps, like their first report is wrong. I find yeah, like, you, you're like,
0: thinking this can't be right.
1: Exactly. I'm like, I'm like they got tipped or, or something. Like there was a while with the score app. Every goal would just say Matthews. No, no matter who scored, like Matthews, Matthew, and then you like, oh, Bunting from Nylander and is what? <laughs> but uh, it it was just funny how like my like I didn't believe it, and then you actually check the stats of the game and the game report, and you're like, oh no, this guy who has not scored a goal all season scored three goals against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and and you, you mentioned the, the VC thing. Not only does he score, Bruno. The goal of his life. Yeah, that was an incredible life. goal. The game winning goal that he scored. My goodness. Amazing. It's funny because Brody did that thing. And I always, it's funny, those little things you watch in when you're watching pro hockey that even NHL players will do wrong, where it's like you were taught in Pee Wee like, not to do that. And they still, guys, do it at the NHL level. And one of them is on a situation like that, the two on one, leaving your feet. And doing like the slide, because once you slide, you're useless. Like we were all taught that at a very young age. So I hate when guys do it. Like Justin Hall does it. He gets burnt all the time. But the irony is the one guy I'm okay with doing it is Brody because he's so good at it. Like he he does that thing where he goes down, then he moves his stick around. Like he's just so good at it. it. So I roll my eyes every time I see even a player for another team doing it. Like, hey, again, we were taught when we were kids not to do that. But Brody's an ace at it. And he was the one on the two-on-one. So I'm like, oh, okay. And then VC just absolutely destroys him and goes a roof job against his former team but g- good for jimmy and they're very, very very happy for him that he got yeah. a smile on the his most eyes. leafs
0: thing ever getting burned by jimmy vc and eric Gustafson <sighs> in back-to-back games
1: beautiful it's a beautiful thing
0: it's time for a quick break for a word about manscape the global leaders in below the waist grooming are leaving 2022 with brand new products persevere cologne and persevere body wash 2023 is the year to up your hygiene game and smell amazing and manscape wants to help you do it with this special offer using our promo code gfp20 for 20 percent off and free shipping at manscape.com so take the leap into the new year and join the 7 million men who already trust manscape lapore this company never misses with their products man
1: I am so excited for this new cologne because I'll tell you why. You start, you use the for a 4.0, you head into the shower, you shampoo, you body wash, then you get out, you put on the deodorant, maybe a little bit of body spray, get all dressed up, ready to go out, and you spray that cologne just for the cherry on top. Like you said, Bruno, Manscaped doesn't mess around. All their products are awesome. Head to the website GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping
0: manscape never misses man the lawnmower 4.0 the weed whacker the new cologne and body wash just when you think that maybe they're gonna slow down and they kind of have their <laughs> you know their set products out there they come up with something new and it always ends up being amazing so yeah. manscape keep doing what you do because you make men around the world look good feel good and play good So once again, get 20% off and free shipping using our promo code GFP20 at manscaped.com. That is GFP20. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. True Classic Tees are a gift for you and a great present for any guy in your life. True Classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Trust me when I say this is a gift, the ladies will appreciate too. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can save big while you do so. Get 25% off True Classic using our promo code GFP or head down to the description of this video and use our exclusive link trueclassictees.com forward slash GFP and the discount doesn't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sale. Lapore, I love these t-shirts.
1: Bruno, I am one of those people who it doesn't matter how many push-ups I do, how much I do on the bench press, I don't gain any size. We're not all fortunate like Mr. Anthony Bruno to be born an absolute Adonis. So some of us need help. But since trying on these true classic tees, I fear no more because I look great. I'm not going to go as far as I look jacked because now we're going overboard because I'm really skinny. But I got to say it does help a little, a little bit. So gentlemen, take all the help you can get. Go to trueclassictees.com. Grab a few of these things. Even if you want to buy a small amount of them just to try them out, you will not be disappointed. They will be your new go-to t-shirt.
0: These t-shirts are the best. They fit so well, like nice and snug in the upper body, on the arms and the shoulders. But then as you kind of go down, it's, it's not tight around your midsection. So it doesn't matter which body type you have, all right? Whether it's a dad bod, whether you have a more athletic physique, whether you're more... On the skinny side, you can find a t-shirt here that is gonna work for you. And that's why I love this company. So get 25% off at trueclassictees.com forward slash GFP. Free shipping is included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassictees.com using the promo code GFP. Fellas, are you looking for a new watch that you don't have to spend an arm and a leg on? Well, say hello to our friends at Vincero. If you aren't familiar with Vincero yet, they make exceptionally crafted and stylish watches at affordable prices. Other premium handcrafted watches don't fit the everyday person's budget. You can finally own a high quality and lasting timepiece without going broke. So if you're looking for the perfect holiday gift to help elevate your style or someone you love, get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code GFP, or use the exclusive link in the description of this video, vincerocollective.com forward slash GFP. Lapore, these watches are so sick.
1: Bruno, like, look at this watch. Guys, like, look at this watch. You can wear this with your jeans and a t-shirt. You can wear this watch with your tuxedo. And that's what I love about the Vincero products. You go through them, you can dress them up, you can dress them down. They're versatile. And as Bruno said, they don't break the bank. So if you want something that's high quality for not a high end price, hit up Vincero, everyone.
0: These watches are just so nice. The quality is off the charts. The look is amazing. Clean, this is man. the
1: Altitude, Lapore's rocking
0: the Kairos. Just phenomenal watches absolutely love these from vincero so don't wait or it's going to be too late get 20 percent off and free shipping with our exclusive link vincerocollective.com forward slash gfp just go to the website and use the promo code gfp for 20 percent off and free shipping i promise you you won't be disappointed. If you like to bet on sports, you absolutely need BetStamp, the best app to help you become a more profitable sports better. So go download BetStamp immediately and use our referral code, GFP. The main reason you need it is for line shopping bet stamp allows you to line shot for the most valuable odds on each wager and therefore maximize your potential profit as a better so if you're betting on the toronto maple leafs you can't just go to one sports book you got to look across the board to see who's offering you the most value whether that's on the money line or the puck line and also the importance of having multiple sports books because if you have multiple sports books you're able to access the best prices and bet stamp as I alluded to, streamlines this process for users. lapore Betstamp is such a good tool for sports bettors.
1: Guys, as Bruno and I have said on the pod, there's been a lot of unpredictability in the National Hockey League this year. Good teams are losing, bad teams are winning. So it's hard. It is hard to bet. It is hard to be a successful better. So why not take advantage of the help you can line shop with Betstamp?
0: And one other thing that Betstamp does that's fantastic is that it allows you to connect with all the major sports books right. and it allows you to link your accounts so your wagers from all those sports books automatically sync right into the app. So, so download the app and use our referral code GFP. I will have it linked down in the description. Betstamp is the way to go if you're a sports better and you actually wanna make some money betting on sports. Laporte, the Leafs followed up those two losses with arguably their most dominant win of the season. Yeah, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, they outshoot the Lightning forty to nineteen. They were outshooting Tampa twenty nine to eight after two periods. Like it was a complete beatdown. They ended up winning the game four to one. A huge statement game for the Leafs. Tampa came in riding a five-game winning streak. Creeping up in the Atlantic Division standings. And isn't it funny how once again, after all the takes in the offseason, that it's Boston, Toronto, and Tampa, top three in the Atlantic, when everyone thought maybe, just maybe, the Ottawa Senators would creep in there or Detroit Detroit would take a step up. And Detroit has been better. But my goodness, it's just the same three teams year after year after year. And they're arguably three of the top five teams in the NHL right now, but huge win for the Toronto Maple Leafs, just dominant, you know, winning puck battles, the shot attempts, the scoring chances, like the Leafs were just so good in this game. I was, I was very impressed, Laporte across the board from this hockey team. And if they can continue playing like this against the top teams, because listen, the Leafs, they show up against the top teams, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like they've already beaten Dallas this year. They've beaten New Jersey. They've beaten Boston. They've beaten Tampa. Yeah. They've beaten some really good teams this year. They've beaten Carolina. So just another notch on the belt. And I know it's the regular season, but it was really good to see.
1: Yeah. I'll say it, man. What watching that game, comment down below what everyone else thinks about this and uh, like what you guys saw. But I think that was Bunting's best games of Maple Leaf. Like he scored that sick goal. I- I thought he was just distributing the puck well, and that's not really something he's known for. He put Matthews in on that chance, and he was everywhere. He was laying hits. He was getting in people's faces. There was that thing after Marner after remember nee, You know what's funny, eh? When Marner got hit from behind at the end of the second period, and all that melee started, it took away from the whole Nealander just bailing and like being on a comedy reel <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. He's bailed behind the net, but he got in. He got involved in that. It was awesome. It was awesome to see you see him chirping. He's got the blood on his face. That's why Bunce is there. And that's why his teammates love him. And that's why the fans love him. But as far as the performance goes, there's not much to say in the way that, yeah, solid win, outchance the opponent. I mean, Murray made – actually, Murray made a big save when it was 0-0. Like, the Leafs were dominating play, and Murray made that one save in close. The one goal Tampa got – Came off a face off, kind of like a bang bang play. Not much you can do about that one. It's how the puck goes sometimes, but one thing I will say, and you've touched it, touched on it before, Bruno, is all those chances, all that puck possession, moving the puck well, feet moving, but they only scored two goals, and one was five on five. So, I'd like, I'd like to see better than that. When you're dominating an op- opponent like that, I want to see more than a single five on five goal right? Cause they're going to have to be better than that. And we're kind of waiting for this offense to explode in goals for they're at a spot where not a lot of Leafs fans think they should be. We expect them to be much higher with all the talent on this team and what we pay the big boys. But if there's one semi negative thing, I'm going to say about that game, I'm going to point to that and say, you guys got to show me more goals.
0: Yeah, that's totally, that's totally fair. Cause right now the Leafs sit 12th in the NHL in goals per game and second in the league in goals against per game. So all the people out there, and we've been beating this drum for the last five episodes, who still view the Leafs as this high-octane, high-powered offense who outscores all their opponents. Now, do they score goals, and are they very talented offensively? Yes, but that hasn't necessarily been the case this season. They have been one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. They're winning a lot of these low-scoring games. Even if you want to look at some of the advanced numbers, Expected goals against per sixty minutes. The Leafs are seventh in the NHL. So, this has been a very tight knit defensive team that's playing an amazingly well structured game right now, and they're not going out there beating teams seven to four and six five and five two. Like that's just not happening. But anyway, I I agree with you, Laporte. Like I I was getting a little nervous when Tampa made the score two to one. And you're thinking, here we go again. The Leafs have dominated this entire game, and this is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They get a goal. If they score the next goal, we're probably headed to overtime, and the Leafs might lose a game that they absolutely deserve to win. Yeah. And that's, that's the shit I don't want to see, especially come playoff time. When you keep good teams in close games, you're asking for trouble. Whether it's mm-hmm. Tampa, Boston, go down the list. So the Leafs have got to put away their opponents when they have the chance. And one other thing Lepore wanted to bring up. Did you see what happened between linesman Dan Kelly and yeah. Michael Bunting at the end of the first?
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. Like, that what are your was thoughts on-
0: absolute trash. By the okay. linesman? By the linesman, I thought. Yeah. Like, what the hell is he doing? And listen, I know a part of the job of being a linesman is breaking up scrums. You got to get in there. You got to get aggressive. But to push bunting off the ice. Yeah. And then I found out that that this is the same guy. Okay, so Dan Kelly's only 33 years old. This yeah. is the same guy that used to play in the NHL. The AHL. He was a, a career minor league player. In 2016, in the AHL playoffs, he h- delivered a brutal headshot to Toronto Marlies player, Andreas Janssen. I'm sure Leaf. That was him? Andreas Janssen that was the same guy who delivered a brutal open ice headshot to Andreas Janssen and he was concussed for I don't don't remember how long but this is is the same guy we're talking about so clearly he has a streak of of being you know a, a little aggressive let's call it and to see what he did to Michael Bunting I thought was just pathetic honestly
1: sorry Bruno did I hear see somewhere that he played with Bunting as well I think he played against
0: bunting okay. in the AHL. I, okay. I don't think they were ever teammates. He, mm. he spent the majority of his career with the Albany Devils. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the same guy. 33 years old, like, you know, really young linesman, right? You don't see mm. a lot of guys that young who are reffing games or linesmen in the NHL. But clearly that guy has a lot to learn because I thought that was completely crossing the line what he did to bunting.
1: That's funny because, like, I, I totally remember that uh, that hit on Janssen and like Leafs fans everywhere freaking out because he was our golden boy at the time. But yeah, see, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'll tell you what I saw. So you see it the first time, okay? And you see Bunting kind of fall back and he's got his hands on him. And you were like, holy shit, man, like, relax. Like, you can't do that. And I, I know it's not the same thing, but like, can you imagine a player did that to a ref and not, and people know what I mean by that. But It just seemed like overly aggressive. But then when I saw it again, it almost looked... And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe i got to watch it a third time. It almost looked like he put his hands on him. And because Bunting was going from ice to like the rubber or whatever coming he kind of lost his balance. So I think it may have looked a lot worse than it actually did. But everyone, comment down below what you thought. But I guess beyond all that he shouldn't be putting his hands on him like that like it's just it's it's a bad look and like let's say like what if bunting even like would have foul or something and not oh, like can Ole you imagine injured. he
0: falls through the gate there
1: and yeah, like well. hits
0: his head or who knows what could have happened like imagine he got injured because of that because of because of a stupid linesman who just decides that he's going to be an enforcer again and he's going back to his playing days now i do agree maybe it looked a tiny bit worse than it was because he was obviously going off the ice and the gate was open, but man, I thought, I thought he was a little too aggressive there pushing him off the ice. Like that, that was just so uncalled for in my the opinion. The thing that was least.
1: fucked about it too, was that it wasn't as if like bunting was doing something out of the ordinary, like one of his players got hit and he was kind of in the scrum and he's like, pushes him away. Like that happens every game in, yeah. in the NHL. It wasn't like. Bunting was being a complete asshole and the referee was trying to calm things down or just get him yeah. out of there. Do you right? see reps like,
0: doing that to Brad Marchand or some of the yeah. other pests around the league? Are they yeah. putting their hands on them? No, that, that, that is a weird one. So for, for, so for the people out there who are going to call us out and say, you're just talking about this because it happened to a leaf. No, like if this happened to any player, like that's crazy.
1: Yeah, You shouldn't put your hands on a player
0: like yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, any other thoughts, Lapore from what we saw from the Leafs over the last week or so?
1: No, they got the one more game, uh, before the Christmas break against, uh, against, um, uh, Philly. It's the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the, the next gen game, the game where they fill the building with kids, do all the cartoon stuff. Are the Leafs wearing, uh, the black jersey?
0: That I'm not they, sure
1: about. I think I heard somewhere they are. We'll see about that. But usually it's a fun game to watch. Knock on what usually the Leafs win that game and don't let 18,000 children down. But, uh, Hopefully they can have a little two-game winning streak before the Christmas break, and all will be uh, all will be happy in Leafland.
0: Don't let the kids down, Leafs. Mm. Don't let them down. Mm. But yeah, should be uh, should be a, a nice win heading into the the holiday break for the Maple Leafs against a terrible Philadelphia Flyers team. Mm. All right, Lapore. we got to talk about a report that came out a few days ago that okay. has created a lot of discussion on social media. Greg Wyshynski of ESPN came up with a report saying that the NHL is discussing expanding from an 82-game season to an 84-game season. And this has also brought up some discussion amongst hockey fans as to whether the NHL should actually implement a play-in tournament similar to the NBA where... Mm. The 7 plays the 8 seed. The 9 plays the 10 seed. And then the winner of those games play each other. And, you know, the 7-8 seed, the loser also gets a second chance to get in. But anyways, this little mini play-in tournament that the NBA does. And fans are thinking maybe the NHL should implement that as well. So what are your thoughts on expanding to an 84-game season? I'll just give you my initial take before I, I'll let you go first. But I, I, I think it's too long
1: yeah. to keep my <laughs>
0: take short. But what are what are your thoughts on expanding to an 84 game season?
1: Yeah, I I don't see really and truly what the I say I don't know what the point is. Like I I know what the point is and it's going to come down to money and owners like more money and more games equals more money. But I don't see I'm not excited about two more games. I'll I'll put it that way. To me like the season's long enough. Again, if it was actually about the sport I think most people would say a shorter season would be better. Something in like the 60 something or 70 something games, but we all know that's not going to happen. As far as the play in goes, my initial reaction was like, nah, like I I don't want to see, it's kind of like, like a novelty act thing. Like it's kind of cheesy and whatever. And again, it kind of takes away from the, the regular season. You play 82 games. You have your chance to make the playoffs. If you didn't get in over 82 games, like why should you get a chance? But at the same time, the National Hockey League is an entertainment business and it would be a plus entertainment. We'd all be glued to our seats. We'd all be watching like we we wouldn't miss one. I mean, you're watching game sevens essentially so that I can get a little more on board with because the excitement that would be created. But just making an 84-game scad for the purpose of making an 84-game scad, I'm not really into it.
0: Yeah, I think it's too long. Like, that was my initial take when I saw the report. Like, I think the NHL should be slashing games from the schedule, not adding games to the schedule. Like, I think an 82-game season is too long. Yeah. Like, quite frankly, I think it should be 76 games, something in the 70 range. You know, I, I have the same thoughts when it comes to Major League Baseball. Like, I think 162 games is way too long. Same thing in the NBA. I think 82 games is too too many games in the NBA. Like, okay. So when I see these reports of any league wanting to expand the regular season, like, give it a rest, man. And I get it. More revenue, more games. Like, it, it makes total sense from a business perspective. But my goodness, we're already playing too many games as is so to add two more games to the schedule and in the report teams were saying that they were a little bit upset that there was an uneven number of games against division rivals because within your division you're either playing your division rival three or four times so for example if you're the Leafs you know it's not fair if you have to play Tampa and Boston four times but you only get to play the Habs and Red Wings three times just to bring up an example, I'm not saying the Leafs are the ones who complained about this, but that's just an example for you, right? And and I think that's that's totally fair. Like, you know, some teams are getting shafted playing the two best teams in their division more times than the bottom teams in their division. But anyway, I think it's too many games. As for the play-in tournament, I think that would be really interesting, but I think it works more in the NBA because the NBA is more of like a stars and scrubs league where you have like the two or three best teams in each conference, and then everyone else is just honestly not very good. And I know you Mm. can kind of make that argument in the NHL to a certain extent, but I just think there's more parity in the NHL. And I think there's always more of an opportunity for those lower seeds to beat the higher seeds in a seven-game series. So that's why I I don't want to see the play-in tournament in the National Hockey League. As exciting as it might be, I think it's more exciting to actually watch, like, a wild card team try to take out one of the top teams in the conference because I think it's always in play in the NHL just based on on the parity and just honestly based on the nature of hockey itself, how one bounce here, one bounce there can change an entire game or an entire series on its head.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I hear both, both arguments and, like, I respect both arguments of it. The playing thing to me, like, well, you mentioned, like, the expanded schedule, so you didn't like it in the NFL either either adding the game yeah even the nfl like
0: the seven i i don't i don't think 17 game i don't like it and i get it obviously it's it's just pure business but i think it's too many games as well
1: yeah i don't know i, I think there's a lot of things i think that are inevitable like not just in the national hockey league uh but in all sports like further expansion people may think i'm crazy but i think all the leagues are going to see teams all over the world at some point, like I think Stockholm will have a hockey team, I think London will have a hockey team. And I'm saying, I'm not saying in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I'm just saying, I think we'll get there eventually. And these topics regarding the season itself, I think, kind of fall in the same boat. I think they're kind of inevitable. The owners are going to want more games, something like a plan is going to drive revenue everyone's going to be watching. Think of it, man. Think of it if you're a team, if you're a team, let's say that. You're a middle market team and you're fighting for a playoff spot. You're not a team that sells out every single game. You get a play-in game, a play-in game. Like like I'll I'll say it as someone from Ottawa. So the senators had their summer. They signed all their big names. Like let's say right now, I mean, they're kind of behind the eight ball a little bit, but let's say they go on a run and they get into that spot where they, they can have a chance those games like everyone's dialed in man like everyone in this city would be going crazy and then if i guess if they were at the higher part of the plan and they have those games at home that's a big ticket like though, i mean i would probably go like, just just for the, the excitement of it right not even cheering for a team just like i want to be there to see this shit show so i think they're inevitable like i i think i think it's gonna happen i, I really and truly do and i guess as far as percentage goes. There's more teams now like we're at we're at a point where and people can debate this one, but we're at a point now. OK, so 32 teams, half the teams in the league make the playoffs. You go back to when I was a kid, tw- there's only 21 teams in the NHL. So you had to be bad <laughs> to, to, to miss the playoffs. And then it gradually got like the number got bigger, bigger and bigger of teams. So then the percentage of teams that made the playoffs got lower. Um, So on that end. I don't know. Like on that end, is it okay then to have like kind of a greater chance for teams to get in because we have more teams that like, you kind of have a shot because let's face it. Like if you get into that 10th spot, you didn't make the playoffs, but you're at least in the mix and you make it reasonable. Like, I don't know if people have that take at all.
0: Yeah. I just think when you're playing 82 games, that should be more than enough to determine whether you're good enough to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And
1: I agree, yeah.
0: It's just, I I get it. I get it. Honestly, Lepore, I I agree with you, and I think it's it probably is inevitable. It's going to get to a point where all of these leagues are going to expand and they're going to bring in these different wrinkles, whether it's a play-in tournament or an in-season tournament. I think all these leagues are going to experiment with something like that. I don't know. Call me a traditionalist. I just, for the NHL specifically, because of the reasons that I outlined, I don't love the play-in tournament. And I think they already play too many games as is. It's, it's hilarious because, you know, especially with Leaf fans and, you know, Leafs haters, it's like, oh, nothing matters until the playoffs. Oh, so now let's add more regular season games yeah, on top way. of the 82 that we have. When mm. uh, when everyone's already saying that the regular season doesn't mean anything. When we saw Montreal take out Toronto a couple of seasons ago when they had no business being in the playoffs When we saw Montreal beat Pittsburgh, in the first COVID season in four games when Montreal beat Sydney freaking Crosby and Evgeny Belkin in a playoff series when they were invited as the 23rd best team in the NHL to come back to that, that return to play plan. So I don't know, man, it it just, it just doesn't sit well with me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right, Laporte, let's move on now.
1: Already smiling. Like I always say, you know, Bruno's excited. I always say when he's already smiling, he's excited for this one, everyone. Get ready.
0: This is my favorite topic of today's <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> Woo! Which Canadian
0: team has been the most disappointing this season? There are some really, really good candidates here, okay? Yeah, there. Are. We have the Ottawa Senators and Vancouver Canucks, who have both been just putrid this season, okay? And coming into the season, we both thought that Vancouver and Ottawa were going to be pretty good. But my goodness, right now, looking at points percentage, Ottawa, 25th in the league, the Canucks, 26th in the league. We're going to give Montreal a pass because everyone thought they were going to be pretty bad. Then you have Edmonton and Calgary, based on points percentage, sitting 17th and 18th in the NHL. So, some really good candidates here. Obviously, the Leafs and Jets are having great seasons. They are both top five in the NHL in points percentage. So, Lapore, I ask you first. Which Canadian team has been the most disappointing this season in the NHL? Mm,
1: I'm going to go kind of personal on this one, Bruno. Because, I mean, you can we can have the discussion of what's worse. You thought you were going to be competitive and you suck. Or you thought you were going to be really good and you're just competitive. So I will go with the latter. And I will say that the Canadian team I am most disappointed in is the Calgary Flames. Because based on last season, based on, they had a great summer. I mean, that that summer could have went south in a hurry. The management there made some great moves. And things look good for them. And you look at that roster, what do they need? What do they need? I don't know. I mean, they have depth up front. I like their D. Markstrom is supposed to be good. They have a little bit of grit. They apparently have the right coach who can win in a way that should work in the playoffs. So to me, I'm going to pick Calgary and that's because I had really high expectations for them and they can always turn it around. They can go on a heater. They can do damage in the playoffs. But as it sits right in Now, I'll pick them, and I think the more I think about it, like they're the one I'm the most shocked about. Like if someone said to me that, you mentioned uh, Vancouver and Ottawa, yeah, I I had higher expectations for the two of those teams, of course. But had someone said to me they'd be in the spot they're in now, I wouldn't be that surprised. I'd be like, yeah, I could have seen it going that way as well. And for Cal, but for Calgary, I was like, no, no, this team's gonna be top of the league. Like, like I really did think that. So. I'm gonna pick the Flames, man. I hate to say it, and Flames fans, comment down below what you think's wrong, or what you think can be fixed, or what you think needs to be done. But the Flames are my team because I had really, like, I had like, I had them at the top of of teams who go win the Stanley Cup, and so far this season, they uh, they're not even close to that category.
0: Before I tell you which team I think has been the most disappointing from Canada, let's stick on the Flames for a second because I'm very surprised as well. Because when you look at the advanced stats. They rate out very well, Lapore. Okay. Like, at five on five, their Corsi numbers, they're third in the league in Corsi four percentage. So that's just, like, pure shot attempt share. Then okay. when you look at expected goals four percentage, Calgary, top ten in the league, they have outscored their opponents by five goals at five on five. Like, they've been a solid team, but their record is just not a reflection of that right now. Like, Huberto is struggling offensively Mm -hmm. they need their best players to be a little bit better markstrom is not having a good season they have some issues and it it, it is surprising because like you said man i thought that they were going to also be like one of the top teams in the league i didn't necessarily think they were a stanley cup contender but i think they would they were easily going to make the playoffs and right now they are playing at an 89 point pace an 89 point pace not
1: good enough yeah
0: This team was dominant last season, man. Go look at the standings from last season. And I know it's a different team. No Kachuk, no Gaudreau. But didn't this team have like 110 points last season as I pull up the standings right now? And you added Huberto and Cadre, So (laughs) it's just, it's shocking to see. So. Saying all that, Lapore, and as I, as the standings finally load here, yeah, Calgary finished with 111 points last season and a plus wow. 85 goal differential. There you go. So, again, a little bit of a different team this year, but to see them playing at this sort of pace is kind of shocking. But, Lapore,
1: where does their overall goaltending rank, Bruno? Just in like terms I know that's of, been a talking point, like save like percentage, like team save percentage. So, percentage. first,
0: I'll, I'll tell you five on five save percentage, Calgary. Oh, man, they're 26th in the league.
1: There it is. five-on-five yeah, five save
0: is. percentage right now.
1: Yeah. I knew it was obviously a talking point with Markstrom, but I know it was that bad. Yeah, that's the difference, right? And you you mentioned if the I course sort
0: by, by all situations, looking at their save percentage, yeah, it's, it's a little bit better. It's like, you know, I don't have the exact – it looks like it's around 23rd in the league. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit better in all situations, but yeah, they are not getting good goaltending, yeah. but saying all that Laporte, there's another team that is also playing at an 89 point pace this season.
1: And that team is the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I was laughing this time in anticipation, Bruno, who
0: some might call Anthony Bruno's second favorite hockey team.
1: <clears throat> this team, Every, everybody, sorry, I'm going to go get a snack. I'll be back in about 20 <laughs> minutes when Bruno goes on his ranch about the Edmonton Oilers. So obviously,
0: Vancouver and Ottawa are worse than Edmonton right now, just in terms of what their record is. But as you all might know, I said that Ottawa was the most overrated team in the NHL heading into the season. And they have proven me 100% correct because they stink right now. So I wasn't expecting much from the Ottawa Senators. But my goodness, this Oilers team to also be playing at an 89-point pace. And Lepore, we were talking about this a little bit before we started the podcast. Edmonton at 5 on 5. It's shocking, man. Mm-hmm. Not only have they been outscored as a team at 5 on 5, but you look at their best players. Like this is almost this is almost stunning to look at. Connor McDavid, Darnell Nurse, Zach Hyman, Leon Draisaitl, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Those guys when they are on the ice individually, have all the team has been outscored at five on five with each of those guys on the ice this season. Like, how is that even possible? Connor McDavid, when he's been on the ice at five on five, the Oilers have been outscored 26-25 this season.
1: Insane. Yeah. With Dry on the
0: ice at five on five, the Oilers have been outscored 32-28. With Hyman on the ice, they've been outscored by a goal. Same with Darnell Nurse. Like, what the hell is going on in Edmonton? I understand Jack Campbell has been a disaster. And defensively, they are not very good. But for a team that made it to the conference finals last season, which I thought was a fraudulent team that ended up getting swept by the Colorado Avalanche, to see them playing at an 89-point pace this season is stunning. And I've, I've beaten a dead horse with this team. When you have Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid on your team, two of the best players in the world, like this just can't be happening, man. And I don't put it on McDavid and Drysaddle. I put this on Ken Holland. Build a better team around these guys. It's as simple as that. You signed Jack Campbell to a $5 million contract over five years, and now he's a $5 million backup. You still have holes defensively. You still have holes in your forward group, specifically in the bottom six where the scoring is just non-existent. If this team's power play wasn't as elite as it is, this team would be a mess, man. So for me, it's the Edmonton Oilers. They've easily been the most disappointing team of all the Canadian teams this season.
1: I'll ask you, so two of the teams we had on the list, uh, Ottawa and Calgary, sorry, Ottawa and uh, Edmonton. Ottawa lost uh, their number one center in Josh Norris. Edmonton lost Evander Kane. Now, teams go through injuries. I mean, people say, oh, it doesn't matter. You pull through. Sometimes it affects you more than it affects other teams. Which injury do you think is the most significant to their team? Like, which injury is costing the team more points?
0: Honestly, man, I think it's pretty equal because Josh Norris is Ottawa's number one center, and that's obviously incredibly important. But when you look at Evander Kane, man, I think he really unlocked that team offensively last season yeah. and gave them another element because we know what McDavid and Drysdale are going to do, and Hyman and Nugent Hopkins are having good seasons. But, man, Evander Kane, a guy that can pot 30 to 40 goals, who plays physical, like who's, who's good in all situations. That's a big loss for Edmonton, man. Right. I, honestly, if I had to pick, Hmm, I I'd still, you know what? I'll say that the Evander Kane loss is a little bit more significant than the Norris yeah. loss. And you could disagree with me if you want.
1: Yeah. I I think what's happened. And I'm sure a lot of Suns fans have been screaming that this year is that not that like, Oh my God, we've been devastated by injuries. But it always seems like, fuck, there's something. And like, I think even the biggest Sens fans in the world would agree that they needed a lot to go right this year for the season to be successful. And like, Zub has been hurt twice. Like, Shabbat got hurt. I heard even, there's rumor going around that he was really sick to start the season. Now, then Norris has gone essentially for months and months. Stutzla, there was that injury. I think he's weak to weak with the shoulder. Like, all these little things have kind of piled up for them. So, I, I think a lot of Sens fans are pointing to that. But... The Evander Kane, like, I think I would agree, man. I, I think Evander Kane will pop that team. So, like, I, on one end, like, we're shitting on the, the Oilers for saying, like, you know they, they've, they've been really disappointing, but at the same time, I mean, this injury has caused them. But then, then you can counter that argument saying, well, if your depth was better, it wouldn't be affecting you as much. But I'm not going to say I'm predicting that the Oilers will go on an absolute tear when he returns because it's, it's how mu- how much longer they said, like.
0: Oh, no, he's out for, he, I think he, the the initial prognosis was like three to four months.
1: Yeah, but that would be one now going like February or something. Yeah,
0: so he should be back for the playoffs if they get into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, so like I'm not going to say like I am going to go full like power mode like when he comes back, but it wouldn't shock me because it kind of happened last year. And again, you're adding an elite player, you're adding a score. And like you said, you're adding a different element.
0: Yeah, it's uh like, I understand the injuries that have happened to, to Ottawa, and that's been tough to deal with, but Edmonton, a team that lacks depth and has one of their best players out. And again, though, it, it's no excuse for either team, because I'll point to the Leafs again. Like, their defense score has been ravaged by injuries. Like, now Rasmus Sandin is out. Mm. Riley's out. Brody's been out. Muzzin might never play again. Like, now Sandin is injured. Lilligren missed the first part of the season. And the Leafs are playing at a 114-point pace right now.
1: They're riding their four-string goalie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, Eric Shulgren was in net with injuries to Samsonov and Murray. So, when you look at what a team like the Leafs is doing, and even Boston, Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand missed the start of the season. <laughs> They're Crazy. on pace to have the greatest regular season in NHL history. So, I don't want to hear it with these injuries. Sure, you know, it. it obviously affects the ceiling of your team, and it's tough to deal with, but Good teams deal with injuries, and that's just the bottom line.
1: Okay, well, we'll end with this then. So I pointed to Calgary, you pointed to Edmonton. One makes the playoffs, both make the playoffs, or both miss the playoffs. Anthony Bruno, prediction time.
0: Oh my God, Laporte. Ah, I love it. That's tough, man, because right now both are playing with fire. <laughs> like you look at the wild card standings right now like let, let's just look at the Pacific Division Vegas is is in first followed by LA Seattle's in third and then you have Edmonton and Calgary fourth and fifth in the Pacific Division in the worst division in the NHL those teams are sitting fourth and fifth so right now they're they're both fighting for the final wild card spot honestly man i think one of them is going to miss
1: one of them is going to miss i
0: think one of them is going to miss and if i had to pick the team that's going to miss I'll say if <laughs> you're thinking Calgary. about it, yeah, okay, it I, I, like, I would say Calgary's going to miss just because I have that much faith in McDavid and dry Like if they have to Me go too. out there and win game seven, four, they can probably do it. So I think they have a little bit more firepower. I think Calgary's like a more complete team, but Edmonton has the better high end talent. So I'll say that one of them gets in and I'm going to say it will be Edmonton, but my goodness, man, they are both playing with fire right now.
1: Yeah. Um, First things first, imagine someone told us in the summer that the Pacific was going to go Vegas, L.A., Seattle. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Where are you going? How many shots of tequila have you had? But I'm going to say both make it. I'm going to go on yeah. a limb and say they both catch uh, Seattle and L.A. as the times, the uh, the time, the, uh, timing of the season moves on. I got confidence in Calgary as a group. I got confidence in Sutter as a coach. Um, he's been around. And I agree with you with McDavid and Seidel and hopefully an addition of Kane um in the next little while so i think those those three will go off and they'll play extra minutes whatever they got to do to get in so i'll say both so we'll, we'll check in on this uh, on this report in a few months and see where we're at
0: pessimistic bruno and optimistic lapore yeah. right, you could Lepore. have said hey, they listen, both missed I, w- I would like to see both of those teams get in because i want to see them play each hockey. other
1: I want to see a 2-3 again. Let's see the 2-3, have them play each other again. Yeah, that
0: would be awesome. But, man, as it stands right now, like, we're 30-plus games in. Colorado has three – like, Colorado has is sitting in the first wild-card spot in the Pacific, but they have three games in hand on yeah. Calgary and Edmonton. And I think we all believe that Colorado is going to be fine. That's another team that's been dealing with a ton of injuries. Yeah, so what was it?
1: Four right d- now, four d- man, it man, honestly forward. does
0: look like that one of these teams from Alberta is going to miss out.
1: Uh, give me a fun watch, but we'll see.
0: All right, man. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap this thing up?
1: I mm, think I'm good, man. One more game before Christmas. Like I said, uh, Leafs, please do your very best to give these, uh, 18,000 children a good time. And, uh, a Merry Christmas with, uh, with a Leafs win afternoon game. It's always weird when the Leafs are playing an afternoon game. There's something wrong to me about an original 16 playing an afternoon game. Just, doesn't sit right. But like I said, hopefully the Leafs got a win and they go into the break with a little winning streak. And uh then they can, you know, have some confidence, be feeling good, and uh kind of really, I don't say like cement their spot in the new year when they come back, but that's kind of the time you do it. Like right now, you get your feet wet, you can look at the standings after the Christmas break to me is the time where you really see what teams are made of. And you really want to put in a good push before the trade deadline to know where you're at exactly. And I'm not going to say chill for the last, you know, 15, 20 games of the season, but be comfortable in where you are as a team and where you are in the standings.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think the Leafs are going to go out and absolutely dummy the Philadelphia Flyers in this final yeah. game before the holiday break. And I think that's going to be a great way to go into the break and, uh, you know, have some confidence heading into the, I guess the unofficial second half of the season. All right. That is going to do it for episode 85 of the Glutton's for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Laporte and Anthony Bruno. Once again, if you are a new listener, longtime listener, you really enjoy the show, please give us a five star rating on either Apple or Spotify, whatever you use, and then on YouTube smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment down below. You have no idea how much that helps us out. And one other thing, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. At Anthony M. Bruno and at G F P. If you want in-game Leafs takes, hockey takes, other sports takes, we're always on Twitter, tweeting up a storm. And uh, yeah, you can go follow us on there as well. We would really appreciate that. All right, everybody. That is going to do it for episode 85, and we will see you in the next one.
1: Thanks, everyone.